Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you. Just a quick reminder, if you can't join us live at 11 o'clock here on the Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and so many different podcasting platforms. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you will find us there. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome into our Wednesday program I don't know about you guys, but as we approach midweek, I kind of feel myself naturally getting ready for some basketball this weekend, whether it's a big high school state tournament game that we are going to broadcast here on the Big X, or whether it's Thursday or Friday night basketball leading into a good weekend of basketball, and we just don't have that. The NBA is still out there, and yes, the playoffs I can get into, I can enjoy, especially as they go along. But uh, after a great Final Four weekend and a big-time national championship finish on Monday night, uh, yes, it's fun to talk about the transfer portal and think about IU's roster. It's great to see Indiana mentioned in some of these way-too-early rankings. There's a lot of years that we've done this show where when the season's over, the season's over. Yeah, there's recruiting and transfer portal stuff to follow, but Indiana's not really thought of as a team that even could be in contention for next season. But that's not the case. Indiana, I haven't seen one of those polls out, as ridiculous as some of them may be. I've not seen one of them out so far that doesn't give the Hoosiers some praise and some chance for next season. Now, obviously, a lot of that hinges on the return of Trace Jackson Davis and the return of Race Thompson and the issues with Xavier Johnson. Is he able to return to Indiana? But uh, I think Indiana, I don't know anything. I have no idea exactly when we'll hear. I would think this month, as Mike Pegram told us yesterday, I think we would know more on Race Thompson and some other things this month But as far as who's staying and who's going. But uh, I think Indiana's going to get some of those guys back. I, I just think with NIL, it gives uh, players another reason in addition to a great fan base, a great program, really a great life that they have as basketball players, even though it's tough, especially when you're in school. Um, I think it gives them just another reason to come back, and it's an advantage that Indiana, I think as time goes on under Mike Woodson more and more and more, you're going to hear NIL, NIL, NIL as a reason players come to Indiana for a year or two before the NBA or stay for a four-year career at Indiana. Indiana just has the makeup from a business perspective and with college sports meaning so much in our state and the way that the IU fan base is, even um, with losing seasons, even with not making the NCAA tournament, even with coaching changes, 
Uh, the IU fans are very knowledgeable and rabid and follow it and uh, are willing to, if they have a company, maybe make some sponsorships. And I guess probably NCAA frowns on this type of terminology, but some investment into the program through NIL opportunities. So I think as things go on, you're going to see more and more of this uh, uh, NIL effect, uh, not just college hoops. I think in college football, I think it's obvious, but I think it's going to be a benefit in Indiana as things play out here over the next few years. All right, let's take a look at the show lineup today. It's brought to you by Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got lots of headlines, just news and notes, a number of different things to get to about IU basketball, even some IU football stuff today. Uh, Doc Rivers was in Indianapolis for his team to play the Pacers uh, yesterday, and he started his uh, pregame press conference uh, earlier in the day before the game with thoughts on Mike Woodson, uh, some real praise for Coach Woodson, so we'll share that as well. Also, uh, I touched on this earlier in the week when we had Sean East with us uh, talking about his top six and uh, his junior college year that's got him all ready to get back to D1 basketball, but Josh Jefferson, who played on the New Albany State Championship team, we followed him closely in college as well. He's committed, or I shouldn't say committed, but he has announced he's going to enter the NBA draft. And so I'll have some stuff on that coming up here in just a few moments as well. That And later in the show, Josh Cook will be with us. Josh, uh, everybody should know him. He's the sports editor of the News and Tribune, does a great job covering local sports. Uh, not a lot of basketball to get to. I do want to touch on Brandon Northern making the Indiana All-Star team with Josh. And baseball is underway. There have been uh, some good performances so far for our local teams. Really, if you take Jeff, New Albany, and Floyd Central, and Silver Creek, and Providence, and maybe even Borden, who's going to be really good in 1A this year, if you take the better programs traditionally in our area and you put them in a hat, you drew out a tournament, or you drew out who was going to play who, and then you did it again and again, most of those matchups on any given night could go either way. A lot of it's going to depend on pitching and maybe who's on for the night. I think we've got a lot of parity, which is a good thing, because all those teams that I name have a legitimate chance to be really good this season. I think we've got a lot of parity in the area when it comes to high school baseball. It's been so good over the years. Baseball is just amazing in this area. And I see no reason, to be quite honest, why in 4A, 3A, 2A, maybe even 1A with Borden, we don't have a chance, a legitimate chance, to get somebody that can make a deep run in those respective tournaments when we get here. And it's not far away. It's early April now. Uh, high school baseball is a quick season. It really gears up in early April. Uh, May is a big month for high school baseball. Then late May, right before Memorial Day, the sectionals start. And you get a week or two into June, and it's basically over for most teams unless you're headed to the third Saturday of the month to play in a, a state championship game up in Indianapolis. So uh, baseball is here. We'll spend a little time on that today with Josh Cook. It is really good in the area and uh, fun to follow. We look forward to getting out broadcasting some games a little bit later here in the season. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And uh, let's get into our headlines. First, a reminder that the Thornton's text line is open. Hopefully some of the regulars are beginning to save that. 502 414-1450, again, 502-414-1450. 
You can ask questions for our guest if you've got a topic you want to talk about. You can send that in on the text line. Uh, you can basically help drive the conversation on the show. We don't take phone calls at this time, but we do take text messages. So just get out your phone and program in 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Love to hear from you on IU basketball. Are you getting excited about IU football? There's a big race this offseason for the quarterback spot. We'll talk about that today as well. Uh, send in your questions, comments, 502-414-1450. And Thornton's, it's the perfect spot to get all of your pick-me-up items that you need each day to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts as well. So uh, shoot me a text. I'd love to hear from you, especially in the offseason. You know, we, we, it's kind of a chance to take a different perspective on some of the shows. There's further reaching topics we can talk about. There's different guests that I may not feel like we have time for during the season when there's game after game. Uh, we can do some more long-form stuff, and uh, so your opinions and thoughts and topics and questions uh, will be even appreciated more when we got more time to dive into some different things. So make sure you shoot me a message. Love to hear from you each and every day here on the show. Let's look at some headlines for today. Uh, let's start with IU basketball. First and foremost, every way-too-early poll that I have seen has IU in the top 20, top 25, whatever they are. John Rothstein had the Hoosiers at number 16. Gary Parrish of CBS Sports, and he updates his poll basically on a weekly basis, even out of the season because there's so much activity in the transfer portal and recruiting. He has Indiana at number 19. And also um, Jeff Barzello has IU, I saw this morning, in ESPN's way too early poll at number 21. So, again, lots of love, which is a good thing for the Hoosiers early on. And speaking of IU in the Big Ten Conference, to kind of wrap up the NCAA tournament, I saw a great story on CBS Sports yesterday that breaks down every conference in college basketball in the NCAA tournament uh, with their record, how many teams they got in, and just a really good recap. And, you know, the Big Ten has not had great years in the NCAA tournament recently. I think we all know that. We all can admit that. Uh, they've had great regular seasons. We've had some great conference tournaments. A great number of teams from the conference get in the NCAA tournament, but we just haven't seen the results that you would think that maybe you would. And just to kind of recap some things, Big Ten Conference has not won the NCAA National Championship since the year 2000. There were nine teams that got in the Big Ten Conference this season, uh, or this, this uh, I should say, got in the NCAA tournament this season. Um, no teams, if you look at the seeded seeds, what teams were seeded in the draw or in the selection Sunday announcement, no teams were seeded to get to the Elite Eight and none got there. Uh, but number three, Purdue, uh, had a great chance to get to the Final Four uh, after the top two seeds in their region, the East region, were knocked out before the Sweet 16. But, of course, we know Purdue got beat by St. Peter's uh, in that contest. Michigan, really the lone bright spot in the conference, oddly enough, in the preseason and early on in the year, they were projected to be maybe the best team in the conference. That did not work out for various reasons this season, but they did have 
a solid uh, postseason, making the Sweet 16 at least as a number 11 seed. But to me, that's amazing. As good as the Big Ten Conference is, as many good players, and if you look across the board at the coaches, amazing to me that the Big Ten Conference has not won a tournament, uh, an NCAA championship, since the year 2000. Another conference that underperformed is the SEC, and I'm going to give you the records or, uh, of all the conference. The Big Ten uh, was 9-9 nine and nine in the tournament. The SEC here, I had it in front of me a second ago, they, they definitely underperformed. They had six teams in the tournament, five wins, six losses in the conference tournament. The Big East, six teams in, fairly solid, seven and six record. The Pac-12, three teams in, four and three record for the Pac-12. And the ACC, probably uh, the best conference of the high major conferences. They had five teams in. It was not a great regular season for the ACC. Their teams in the NCAA tournament had a 14-5 and record. And, of course, we know that Duke and Carolina, Carolina's story amazing to make it to the national championship game. Duke made it to the uh, final four. And then Miami got in the Elite Eight as well as a number 10 seed. So three ACC schools in the Elite Eight. I think the conference of the year as far as NCAA tournament performances go uh, goes to the ACC conference. I don't think there's any question about that. Also, some recruiting news, class of 2022 Top 30 ranked power forward Malik Renu, who plays down in Florida at Powerhouse Montverde Academy with uh, Jalen Hood Shafino. He is uh, open, still considering schools for recruiting, and he told rivals yesterday that he is very likely going to take a visit soon to the IU campus. He doesn't have a date set. I don't think he has any visits set yet as far as on the calendar, but he said quote, Coach Woodson had reached out to him, and it's definitely – a visit that he thinks he wants to make, and so he would be a big late addition. Right now, Indiana, uh, with who's departed and who's staying, obviously there's still some question marks, but technically on paper they have one scholarship spot open, and they've got Malik Renu and one other player they're involved with still in the, the senior class of 2022, and they uh, have been reaching out to a few players in the transfer portal. You've got to do that stuff. You've got to be prepared uh, for whatever may happen because you're going to lose potentially some really uh, key returners if uh, Jackson Davis and, and Thompson and, and maybe Xavier Johnson don't come back. That opens up a ton of minutes at a number of different positions. Uh, but right now, IU with one spot on the roster and Malik Renu, a freshman uh, in college basketball next season, would be a really big addition if Indiana could land him. You can bet Jalen hood Shafino is being called on big time to try to recruit uh, his fellow senior, his fellow classmate there at Montverde. Also, a quick note, Archie Miller up at Rhode Island. He's beginning to make some hires and fill out his coaching staff. One very interesting hire, Kenny Johnson, who was at Indiana for uh, a, a year or so under Tom Crean, then went to Louisville, then got in trouble, we thought, at Louisville uh, with the recruitment of Brian Bowen. He's been hired by Archie Miller at Rhode Island, so that must mean that he – uh, is able to coach again. There's no serious issues with him and the NCAA, but he was a very noted recruiter, uh, someone that was very much sought after as an assistant coach, uh, to specifically for his recruiting connections on the East Coast. But uh, he is going to be at Archie Miller, and that could be, that should be, a really, really good get for Archie Miller. Archie also plucked a member 
of Mike Woodson's support staff at Indiana, uh, Benny Sander, who has filled the role of uh, IU Director of Operations at least this past season. He's going to leave that post in the IU program and head up to Rhode Island. Sander just completed his fifth year at Indiana, uh, first as Director of Operations. He was Team and Recruitment Analyst under Archie Miller for four seasons. He was a graduate manager before that at the University of Dayton for two years. So he's got a deep, deep connection with Archie Miller. There's no question about that. So with Sander headed to Rhode Island uh, and Brian Walsh being bumped up to the third assistant coach on Mike Woodson's staff, two openings on the IU staff, the director of operations and the director of recruiting roles are both available right now for Coach Woodson to make uh, some hires in those positions. One other quick note, uh, I mentioned that uh, Doc Rivers uh, getting ready to coach his 76ers team in Indianapolis, met with the media yesterday, and before he answered a question or made any kind of statement, he said he had to get something off his chest, and he said, uh, first quote, we're going to talk about Mike Woodson and the job he did here in Indiana. It was phenomenal. Then he said, okay, now we can go ahead. I just had to throw that in. But he went on to talk a little bit more uh, about Indiana and uh, the job that Coach Woodson did, uh, and he talked about losing a lot of close games in the middle of the season and then down the stretch they were good and that you could see Coach Woodson put in defense first and getting to the tournament, a, a big deal in year number one. Of course, Rivers has a connection to IU. His son, one of them, uh, Jeremiah, played at Indiana between 2009 and 2011. So uh, IU, I'm sure, on his radar when he thinks about college basketball. And one local note before we get out of here in the first segment, Josh Jefferson, 2016 graduate of New Albany High School. He bounced around a lot in college. He started at junior college basketball, went to Wisconsin, Green Bay, finished his career, and I miss, uh, went to Illinois State, Wisconsin, Green Bay, then Middle Tennessee for a graduate year of basketball. Uh, he has announced that he is going to enter the NBA draft. And I had talked with Josh a couple times over the season. He had aspirations to play some level of professional basketball, at least give it a go. And he thinks for sure that he can get overseas and hopefully make some nice money for a few years. But why not? Why not try for the NBA draft, try to get some workouts with teams, have an agent that does a lot of the communication for you and helps you along through the process. And I can legitimately see Josh Jefferson getting a permanent spot in the G League. Now, could he ever get called up? for a 10-day contract or a health and safety deal or a, a fill-in when someone has some injuries, possibly. But I could see him getting some run, getting a real opportunity in the G League by going through this process. So that will be fun to follow and see what professional basketball opportunities are out there for Josh Jefferson as he goes through this NBA draft process coming up later this summer. That's our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. We'll talk the latest in IU basketball and uh, lots of things to get to with the Hoosiers. Uh, and I think we're kind of in a wait-and-see period right now, but we'll guess around and talk about the possibilities with Dustin next, and then we'll get into some local sports later on with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, presented by Major League Shirt Company. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday edition of the program. A couple things to get to before we bring on Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Uh, the Indiana Junior All-Stars just released. I just got the press release from Pat McKee. Five player or six players on the core group. Uh, Xavier Booker of Indianapolis Cathedral, no surprise there. He's a big target, a big in-state target of IU in the class of 2023. Marcus Burton of Penn, Miles Coven of Heritage Christian, who's committed to Purdue already. Zane Doty of Ben Davis, Joey Hart, little Southern Indiana flavor there of Linton Stockton, who uh, Providence knocked out in the regional, and Logan Imes of Zionsville, also on the uh, core six. Uh, I'm looking here at the list. I really don't see any other local players. JQ Roberts of Bloomington North is on the red group. There's a core, a red, and a blue. They'll get some run this summer against Kentucky and then one scrimmage game against the actual senior all-star team. JQ Roberts on that red group, and uh, that's really the only other name of interest uh, as far as IU or local ties go. And, uh, of course, those games will be coming up a little bit later this summer. Also had a text on the Thornton's text line about high school golf. And uh, just a reminder, anything you want to talk about or highlight, we always appreciate your your text at 502-414-1450. They said, I texted last week about high school boys golf. They had a tournament at Covered Bridge. And this weekend there will be a tournament at Valley View. Uh, I don't know a ton about high school golf. Uh, Matt Graston at Silver Creek, his team this year locally, I know they've got lots of talent, lots of good golfers on that club, and I believe they won the Fuzzy Zeller Invitational at Covered Bridge over the weekend to kind of kickstart the golf season. That's always a fun tournament and a big tournament, and there'll be some other big ones along the line. So I'm sure we'll highlight some of those guys as the season moves on. Also, uh, keep in mind, too, high school baseball broadcasts will be forthcoming here on the Big X and uh, our family of stations uh, coming up in the future weeks as we bring you some of the big rivalry games as well. All right, time to turn our attention back to IU, and Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald-Times is my guest. Dustin, I tell you what, between transfer portal rumors and names and IU still being being very active, even recruiting some 2022 guys and then getting prepared to get out on the road soon with all this EYBL and Adidas stuff getting started uh, I tell you what, there's just a, a, a madness of names if you're an IU diehard to try to follow right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I find myself not just waiting for a minute to see, see things shake out and see who they're really interested in not. I mean, I think um, uh, I imagine the kid from Moorhead State, uh, Broom, uh, is, is somebody they're, they're going to uh, lock on to. Obviously, you would figure that they're, they're obviously in on Malik Raynow. Um, uh, for the uh, you know out of Montverde Academy, you would think those two would be pretty high high priority uh, as they try to just just get some sort of depth for that front court and get some youth in that front court. Um, 
obviously at this point you can't say that there's somebody after Trace Jackson Davis who really uh, makes sense for them at the five unless Logan Duncan you know, develops into a lot more than he was as a freshman. Uh, and obviously with Michael Doerr having entered the portal, they need some uh, some depth there at the five and, and you know, at the bigger spot so they could really use that. Uh, you mentioned that that's going to be a priority, and after that you presume that it'll just be uh, look for shooters. I mean, there's certainly still a possibility. wouldn't be surprised if they lost somebody else. So obviously the fact that they've gone this long and, and nobody else has entered the portal uh, you know, means maybe they won't. But, you know, all the same, you presume that they're, they're going to look for more shooting as that's obviously been an issue and they lost their best shooter in Parker Stewart with him uh, uh, moving on and entering the portal for now. So, yeah, no, a lot of names are going to be out there. Expect to see, uh, you know, still expect to see a lot more as more names hit the portal and, you know, you, you sort of see everybody chasing after everybody at this point. I tell you what, I, I've we talked about this a lot. This is the job of a college coach, head coach or assistant coach at any program at any level trying to re-recruit your own roster, trying to pay attention to the transfer portal, trying to keep a a watchful eye on high school prospects. You know, right now, IU, I think, is a great example of just how difficult it is and the additional responsibilities of roster management that are now on coaches because IU's got to reach out to people in the portal. You, You name some of the people that make a lot of sense possibly for Indiana. They've also got to keep an eye on these big-time high school prospects as well and obviously other names in the state of Indiana that could be important to the Hoosiers in the future. But they could only need one guy from the portal or no guys from the portal. Or they could need if Jackson Davis and Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson, you know, joins a group that he can't come back and the other two choose to go on to other things. Indiana could need a whole bundle of players from the portal. So they've got to do kind of a dance job of making contact with players, telling them about IU basketball, letting them know that they're interested, but I'm not sure that they can really commit spots to all of these guys, and it makes it a very tricky process to work through. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, and and, and Johnson's case makes it particularly uh, interesting. I mean, I would be, you know, my my initial thought, and I actually just got the uh, uh, probable cause affidavit this morning, um, you know, already gotten some sense of it from the sheriff and got a little bit more. I mean, I would be surprised uh, if he was ultimately let go for this, um, but I imagine he'll be punished severely. Um, and, you know, rightfully so if you're doing 90 and, you know, uh, and it, it was 90 and a 40. It's not the most like, res, you know, like uh, foot packed section of Walnut Street, but it's, you know, it's still 50 over the limit. Uh, you know, he's going to be in, he's going to be in big trouble for that. I don't know if that leads to him getting kicked off, but obviously, you know, you don't, you don't know how Mike Woodson feels about it. Um, you don't know exactly how much blame he puts on Johnson for Northwest for the Northwestern suspensions. You know, the, the specifics of that obviously will factor in. Um, but yeah, no, that that adds a lot, especially if they have to go get uh, another point guard. They've already let you know what let one go, and Rob Finnessy let two go, and Rob Finnessy and Christian Lander. Uh, obviously, the one part about it is because of the portal being what it is, it, it obviously cuts on both sides. Like you said, you've got to be constantly reaching out to people and talking to people and, and being in conversations and 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 you know just making contacts without knowing if you can promise anything or not. But in the same way, if you miss out on somebody, there will probably also be somebody in there. Uh, you know, that that's the one thing about it. All, all this player movement means probably regardless of when something happens to you, 
there will probably be an opportunity to address it in the portal. Whatever you might need, there will probably be somebody who fits that bill at least reasonably well uh, in the portal that you could talk to. So while, while it makes for a hectic situation, there, there's not necessarily as much desperation to it. It's not like you say, okay, oh my God, we have to get this player uh, right now if, if we're not going to get Xavier Johnson because we won't get a point guard. It's like, no, there will almost certainly be a at least useful point guard in the portal if you don't make this decision for another month. There will probably be somebody you can get. Um, so that's one of those things that cut both ways. But it obviously makes a much more hectic situation where, you know, at one point you just had to worry about recruiting the future. You know, now you have to worry about recruiting the present and both of those things all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Doc Rivers, I mentioned this earlier, Dustin, uh, he's in Indianapolis before the, the 76ers Pacers game last night. Before he even took a question or made any kind of comment, he uh gave some love to Mike Woodson. Obviously, those two guys uh, know each other from many years in the NBA. And then Doc's got a connection to Indiana that I always forget about. He had a son that played there for a few seasons, I think 2009 through 2011. That was interesting to hear and just a reminder of how connected Coach Woodson is in the world of NBA basketball. Right, absolutely. I tweeted out about that. That was the first thing I tweeted out is that Doc's the father of an alum. And everybody was sort of had mixed remembrances of Jeremiah Rivers' career. Obviously, that was a tough, uh, tough time in Indiana basketball history. The sort of early, not the not the first year of the Korean recruiting group, but the second and third, uh, where he helped kind of put that group together. Uh, but no, obviously, I think I think Woodson was on Doc's staff with the Clippers, and obviously they go way back. Obviously, they played uh, in the league at the same time. You know, probably cross paths. I don't know if they were teammates or at any point or not, because obviously Mike made. Uh, several different stops, but but yeah, no, I mean he's obviously well, super well connected in the NBA. You know, spent you know 25 years. I mean, basically more or less 40 years there uh, between coaching and playing. So in, in that time, you're going to make a lot of friends. Uh, you're going to make a lot of associations, and, the, and I think there's a lot of people in the NBA that are certainly rooting for him. Um, so it didn't surprise me that much, Doc, knowing the area, not doing Doc, knowing that uh, Indianapolis is still very much you know IU country, even though it's an hour away. Uh, from you know, from Bloomington, knew that that was going to play, and that knew, knew that it was something that was going to, uh, you know, sell for Mike and, and look good for in the Indianapolis press. Basically, that he was saying that uh, about Mike Woodson. But yeah, no, absolutely. Just again, a super connected guy, and that's most of the most important thing that, that Mike has to leverage is all the time he spent in the NBA, all the people he knows, and how well he knows uh, decision makers and what they want, because that's kind of his biggest, uh, you know, selling point as a recruiter. Um, but, you know, it speaks well for him, and I think that, that someone like Doc Rivers will make a point, not wait to get asked to say, oh, yeah, Mike's a great guy, but to say, like, I want to, I, I, I want to make sure everybody knows out here how good of a guy he is and how good of a job I think he did because I followed it. I thought that, you know, obviously that it says something from Doc for Doc, and it says something from Mike as well. Talking with Dustin Dopirak, he's the IU beat writer for the Bloomington Herald Times, and he joins our radio show on Wednesdays. Dustin, um, Xavier Johnson, obviously a very unfortunate situation for him over the weekend. IU on Sunday mid-morning put out the standard release, very simple statement from uh, from the school acknowledging that there had been an incident. Uh, but since that point, uh, other than maybe the full police report coming out, from the arresting officer, we really haven't heard anything else from anyone involved. Uh, how long? I know you've had to cover stuff like this in the past. How long do you think it could take for this to shake out and for Indiana and Mike Woodson specifically to have all the details he needs to make a decision after some conversations, I'm sure, with uh, Xavier Johnson and possibly even as high up as Scott Dolson, the AD, 
is this something that we'll know resolve on Xavier is going to make it through this or you know what this is strike two and there have been some issues you're not coming back when would it what's a possible time frame here hard to say I mean the one thing about it is he has an initial hearing set on Friday um so I guess the, the thing about it is, is the resisting law enforcement with a vehicle charge is the lowest level of felony. It's a six. It's it's a class six, uh, level six felony. Um, so that means I, it, it just wouldn't shock me to see the charge reduced um, to something that's that's not a felony charge. And because obviously the felony charge, whenever it's a felony, that that makes things more complicated. Sometimes you have you know, rules or whatever that say, okay, well, you can't play if you if, if you're under felony felony indictment. Um, so if that charge gets reduced to something lesser, uh, in particular, I think that would uh, clear the way for Mike to say something specifically. So I, I you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they wait until that comes out to make a decision. Obviously, I think Mike has to make a determination on exactly what he wants to do, whether you know he wants to announce exactly what that what that's going to be. If he wants that to be public knowledge, you know, he's obviously a guy that said before that he likes to keep things in house. But obviously, when you know when it's public knowledge, when there's a record of it, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it's obviously because you know you look back and if we say strike two, I mean, we we don't know who did what. At Northwestern, you know, we we, we just know we we, we can deduce uh, from that statement that it involved curfew violation. We don't know what anybody was out doing, and the presumption is, I think, at this point, that even though it was all over the place, uh, that, that there was this assumption that marijuana was involved. Uh, you know, they're not. I, Indiana's not necessarily is not operating as if. Um, so again, I have no idea if that's true. I don't even know if Indiana knows if if, if there was any involvement there. But um, the bottom line is that there's not. You know, they're not. They they did not treat that as a uh, violation of drug policy um, as far because that would have led to a longer suspension or something like that. So one way or the other. Um, don't know exactly how he is going to view whether that's strike one or not, or whether that's okay. That was a group action. Um, you know, wh- whether a curfew violation is one of those particular strikes that puts you on track to getting kicked out of the program or not, or if it's a sort of a lesser violation, that's not really in that category. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Obviously this is kind of the first, first public thing, uh, that we've seen first guy, as far as I know, that's been arrested, um, and so that that makes it a, a an interesting you know line to walk for Mike Woodson is obviously this is new uh, for him dealing with that with a college player as opposed to, I imagine at some point he got, probably had a coach an NBA player got in trouble but that's a totally different ball game um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how he handles this and I don't I don't know what to say for a timeline but I would think Friday's initial hearing uh, could make a difference in that timeline yeah absolutely tough spot spot for really everybody involved especially Xavier Johnson uh, he could be such sure. a big part to. Uh, the IU team, who's getting a lot of love here early in the offseason uh, with the thought that maybe Trace and Race and him could be back with some others, and, of course, Jalen hood Shafino coming into the mix. Uh, one other player I wanted to ask about that I really here in the offseason, first week and a half or so of it, I, I haven't specifically asked anyone about, but a guy that I really like uh, is Tamar Bates. I know we saw bits and pieces of him, some games more than others, but I think he's got and even had back in high school a lot of potential to play this game at a good level um, at the at the high major D1 level. Uh, what What's the offseason need to look like for him to have the season that I think we're all believing he could have next year for IU? I mean, I, I guess the simple thing is it's got to be really good, <laughs> you know, across the board. 
I mean, I think you need to see him put on some muscle, uh, especially, you know, maybe put on some weight, just be a little bit more uh, sturdy of a defender, be a little bit more solid, being able to, you know, not let people move him around. You know, if, if a you know guard tries to kind of back him in, you know, have a little bit more heft to him to be able to repel that. Um, he's just got to he's got to be more solid on defense. He's obviously got to be a better shooter. Uh, and and I think those things are all possible, as you mentioned. I mean, like I, I could not have got you know I, I talked to several. He, he's had basically three high school coaches uh, at two spots. He played at IMG Academy. Obviously, the senior trying to get a, a little bit more there. Um, um, but you know, he played at, uh, Piper high school in Kansas city and he had a, 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 you know, there was a change in job there, I think after his sophomore year. Um, and I believe he won a state title his sophomore year with his older brother, who's a junior college player. Um, and he's, I mean, just the, the amount of good things they said about him. And I, I obviously wrote a, a really long piece, uh, on him and, and they just, I mean, what they have to say about him as a player and as a person, as a leader, as everything, they just said, he just does literally everything you could possibly want him to do. Um, and obviously it did, didn't go as well as you want. Obviously Woodson wanted better for him on defense. He shot 33.8% from the field, uh, 17 of 57 from three. I mean, just a lot did not go the way he wanted it to go. Um, so I, I mean, he's just got to get better across the board. I mean, it, it's there. I mean, you, you can obviously see the skill set. Um, you know, I, I think really until Johnson started making, uh, you know, his sort of pull up jumper off the, off the ball screen, uh, toward the end of the season, I, I, I would have said that Bates was the only guy that had shown an ability to score at three levels, an ability to make the three, you know, just get to a mid-range jumper and hit it and get to the rim uh, and show just the, the capacity to do all those three things. Now, Johnson, obviously, I think can do that, too. Uh, but, man, the more of those that you can have, the better. And so, but, but Johnson's just got to get better at all three Bates just, Bates just has to get better at all, all three levels so that ball is going in. Um, again, like you see the speed, you see the ability to get to that shot. You see that he cares on defense, I think, and that's really important, the fact that he came with that understanding that it matters. Um, but he's just got to get more proficient there. I mean, he, there's some things he's got to get used to. I know when I talked to him in December and asked him, hey, like, what's the just the uh, difference as far as defense is concerned? This is obviously something you care about and have been really effective at uh, in the past, and it hasn't gone as well for you so far. What's the biggest change? He said, really, it's screens. It's getting around screens. It's you're dealing with big, big guys, uh, and you need to know that it's coming to be able to slide past it and stay with your man because you can't go under at the college level or they burn you. Uh, you know, whereas maybe at the high school level, you can go under one to get around it and still maybe able to be, be able to contest, or that guy's just not going to stick it. He's just going to miss the three. Um, that's not an option at the college level. If you go under a screen, that guy's going to make you pay for it. So he, I, I think he understands all that. So I, I think it just, I mean, he's really got to lock in the summer. And I think the fact that he had such a disappointment this disappointing freshman year uh, is really going to push him. I think he knows that, hey, man, you're the number 30 guy in the class. Uh, you're a big deal. You are fringe four to five star, five star in some areas, four in others, but it doesn't matter. You're at that high level of recruit. You're expected to be better than you were your freshman year. And I, I think he, he saw enough reasons to feel good about himself. You know, season opening, obviously, with Stewart moving on, there's, you know, there's a spot for him to rise up and take a starting job uh, at one of those wing spots, the two or the three. Um, so he's just really got to lock in and, and, you know, just do everything and get better in all capacities. He cares about all parts of the game, and he needs to get better everywhere. All right. Uh, we're up against a break, but I've, I promised a football uh, question today, and just kind of I'll set you up here for a, a very brief and over a general statement. But there appears to be, I heard some of the interviews yesterday with Coach Bell and others, there appears to be uh, a lot of competition for maybe the first time in a while, and I mean three or four or five players in the IU quarterback room for this season. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I, I, I would be surprised if Grant Gremmel ends up still in that situation. I, I think uh, he obviously is going to serve a pur- purpose still for them as a practice player, as a guy who had to rise up and actually start in the Purdue game. Uh, I, mean, I guess you can't really rule him out necessarily, but I, mean, I would presume that the more sort of gifted guys are probably going to really push for that. But I, I think you got to keep your an eye on all four, and that's Jack Tuttle, Connor Basilak, Donovan McCauley, and Dexter Williams. And Williams is a guy that just we haven't seen yet um, because he spent all last year out with the ACL tear, but you obviously saw just the raw talent that McCauley's got. You see Tuttle, the experienced guy, but you know, you, Basilak comes from Missouri with way more you know, sort of uh, established production than anybody else. He's already thrown for 5,000 yards uh, in his career. I don't know that anybody else on the team has thrown for 1,000 uh, yet. So that, that makes for a very interesting situation. You know, obviously, those guys got to get used to Walt Bell's offense, and nobody has uh, a head start there because it's new for everybody. And it's going to be wide open competition around the, across the board. I mean, that's going to be one spot they're going to watch him closely, but wide receiver, running back, uh, really everything. I mean, tight end, I think, is the one spot I think A.J. Barner kind of uh, in, is going to inherit that job. There's a couple offensive line jobs that are going to be up for uh, competition. Really, the whole offense is just totally reset. Uh, you don't know what everything is going to be uh, when it comes to the fall, but it's a, a lot to shake out between now and September. All right, Dustin Dopirak with us Wednesdays. A lot of ground covered today, Dustin. Plenty of off-season things to talk about, and uh, we'll do it again next Wednesday. Uh, thanks so much for having me. We'll head to a quick break. We're back with our final segment. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune on high school baseball and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. This segment on local sports each week is brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. That's mlshirtco.com. All right, Josh, lots to get to. Spring sports are underway, but i got to start with basketball. Brandon Northern of Silver Creek, he keeps the tradition alive for the Dragons, another Indiana All-Star coming uh, from this immediate area, and he'll play against Kentucky in that two-game series later in the month of June. A great way for Brandon, who had an outstanding high school career over all four seasons, to close things out. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, just a great, uh, a great way to kind of cap off his career. You know, he uh, he uh, won eighty-seven games, I think, as a starter, and uh, you know, incredibly was like seventeen and one in the postseason. So, um, just just a great, just a great way for him to wrap it up. You know, I uh, I talked to him earlier this week. He's you know, he was he was excited, he was happy for it. But, you know, he had a great uh, great senior year. You know, obviously they didn't have uh, the kind of record that they would have wanted or, you know, uh, have come to have come to have in the last couple of years, but they, you know, didn't have Cooper Jacoby and Trey 
kind of factored into it as well. But he had a huge, uh, huge senior season, averaged almost 25 a game. So, uh, you know, I was I was happy for him. Happy to see that. Happy to see him make that uh, make the All Star team. And, and uh, you know, two from Silver Creek this year, him and uh, Kennedy both. So that's that's great for for Silver Creek um, just in general. Yeah, absolutely. And spring sports here. Baseball season is here. A day like today with soaking rain is not good for uh, local athletic directors and and a lot of the baseball uh, fields that we have here in the area. But uh, it's underway. And I said this earlier. um, I think if you took New Albany, Jeff, Floyd Central, Providence, uh, also Silver Creek and Borden, and you put them in a hat, you drew out a matchup. Uh, there's a great chance on most nights, given the pitching, that all of those games between each other would be really, really good. That's how many good teams I think we have in the area this year. Yeah, that's that's quite an impressive, uh, quite an impressive group, quite an impressive statement. That's what six teams right there. So that's you know that's uh, that's really impressive. Obviously, you know uh, uh, Jeff and Floyd Central was supposed to play yesterday, but got rained out, and uh, also. Uh, Casey uh, Duke's father passed away, so condolences to him. But uh, you know, there's a, just a just a great deal of talent in uh, Southern Indiana this year in Clark and Floyd County. So you know, uh, hopefully we'll have uh, some, some games coming up the, this weekend. Uh, Providence is supposed to host, or I'm sorry, Providence is supposed to play at Silver Creek on Friday, and then uh, Jeff and Floyd are supposed to play their makeup game on Saturday. So hopefully those those games happen. Uh, you know, weather permitting out here. I hear the weather's not going to be great again this weekend, but hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we they can get some games in. And uh, it, it's just, uh, it, you're right, it's just a great, uh, great year for talent. Uh, you know, the the rankings haven't changed much, although uh, this week in the in the coaches poll, although uh, there's no local teams in the 4A poll, but still, uh, you know, I think they're still receiving votes. But yeah, I mean, just it's going to be a great season once once the weather starts to uh to cooperate hopefully yeah no no question um i'm already posing the question to you that you know we're coming off a providence state championship in basketball uh with a number of teams that should be good in our immediate area all from clark and floyd counties i think there's a reasonable chance that somebody some class some which way could make a deep run to the state tournament and maybe even get to victory field for a state championship at the end of the season. Yeah, you you would think so, given the given the talent we have and uh, the opportunities we have in each class. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a team like Borton make it there, or you know, Providence again, um, and then it, Floyd and Albany or Jeff. I wouldn't be surprised to see go there or Silver Creek in in three A as far as that goes. There's just uh, it, it could really uh, it could really be a great year for for baseball in this area and you know uh, tons of tons of talent we've got you know obviously Tucker Bivin and you know Jeff has got a number of players going D1 oh man it's just it's just a great season we're 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 blessed in this area that's for sure. Yeah, no question. Josh Cook, my guest, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read his work at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the daily print edition of the paper as well. Had somebody ask me a couple times on the Thornton's text line about golf, and I know that you've been out to uh, some of the local matches and your crew has so far this year. I think, what, Silver Creek is supposed to be one of the better teams in the area. They won the big fuzzy event at Covered Bridge, right? Yeah, Silver Creek should be uh... – one of the top teams in the state. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win. They just won their first sectional 
him. Carter Smith, uh, he's a, he's only senior on the team. He signed with uh, Ball State. He finished third in the state last year. So uh, he's you know, he's he's a leader. He's going to lead the way. But uh, but they're uh, they're a really solid team from top to bottom. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them make a run at state. Uh, they were I think 14th in preseason poll, and uh, they just beat the fourth team, Bloomington South. So. You know, it should be an interesting golf season for sure. All right, that's Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. And that wraps up the Wednesday edition of the show. I'll be back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.